A reading from the book of Colossians. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but has now been revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil and struggle with all the energy that he powerfully inspires within me. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow, widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. 
we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thine only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Good evening and welcome to Trinity Cathedral. You may be seated. My name is Adrian Cook. I'm the priest associate at the cathedral. I welcome all of you who are usuals coming for the evening and for those of you who are new. It's very good to be with you and to pray with you. 
I also invite you to, after prayers, uh, join us for some food. So tonight in one of the conference rooms just down the hall where you likely came in, uh, we'll have sub sandwiches and we'll have sandwich wraps and we will have a vegan chili with some bread. So we hope that you'll join us. Uh, the suggested donation is $8 and if you are a college student, you can eat for free. Um, so please give as you are able, but most of all, we hope that you'll join us for the meal. I do wanna thank Trinity Chamber Singers and Todd for your musical leadership. Thank you for leading us in prayer this evening. And for all of us, I'd like to talk tonight about one holy woman whom we are honoring. She wasn't always a woman. She had a pretty rough childhood. I'd like to share a bit about Josephine Margaret Bakita. She was born in Olgasa in the Darfur region of southern Sudan. And at the age of seven, she was kidnapped and she was sold into slavery at the age of seven. She was in fact so traumatized by the experience, you learn in her autobiography later in life, that she was unable to remember her name. So she took the name that the slave raiders gave her, Bakita. It means fortunate one. As a child, Josephine said that even in this experience of being enslaved, she experienced God in her heart without ever having been evangelized by someone else. She said, seeing the sun, the moon, and the stars, I said to myself, who could be the master of all these things, all of these beautiful things? And she felt a great desire to meet this being, this master who created beautiful things, to know this master and to pay homage to this master. Now, technically, in the 19th century, it was illegal to have slaves in the Sudan belt. But Josephine was, in fact, enslaved for 12 years. And she endured, as you can imagine, untold hardship and suffering that was likely not mentioned in her autobiography. She was resold several times. And then finally, we're in uh, 1883, by the way, after 12 years of being enslaved. Um, she, she was resold to a consul in Khartoum, Sudan. And after he gave her to his friend, Josephine went and lived with this family in Italy, where instead of working as an enslaved person and serving only her master, she got to be a nanny. She got to be a nanny for the young daughter, Mamina, of this family. And that seemed to really transform her experience. And while she was in Italy, Josephine began to learn about Christianity. And she felt drawn. This, this God began to have a face that she had known. And she was baptized in 1890. But 
she admits that these hardships in her life meant that she didn't readily at that time express her joy, this joy that she was experiencing internally in Christ. And so she was a quiet person, but she would often be seen kissing the baptismal font. Um, She would pay homage to this God that she was meeting. And she would say to herself, she wrote later, I have become a daughter of God. I have become a daughter of God. And this path of meeting Christ led her into a life in religious life. So 1896, we're now 13 years later, so she's in her 20s, and she became a, a Canassian daughter of charity. So in 1902, she, she went to another city and she began serving in a religious community. And she was rather good with children, and she became known and loved by the children that were attending the school in this area. And because of her attention and her kindness to children, she became renowned across Italy for her loving nature and her spirituality and her wisdom. So this woman, she knew the reality of being a slave, of being an immigrant in Italy. She was always a spiritual seeker. And as she neared her death, her superior in this monastic order said, you have to write this down. We have to have your story. And so she dictated her autobiography to another sister because they believed that she was a sister not just to the other um, Canaseans, other Canaseans monastics, but she was a sister to the world, that there were others that had similar stories, and so her story needed to be told. And her life is a testament, I think, to today's gospel from Luke, which asks us to consider, will not God grant justice to God's chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay in helping them? I tell you, God will quickly grant justice to them. Even today, countless children and women and men continue to be victimized and trafficked into slavery as Josephine was, and we remember her as the patron saint of those who go through this experience. And though we may at times experience exhaustion if we have never had a human trafficking experience or story in our lives. We might experience exhaustion at hearing about this call to justice for an issue each year or every time it comes around in a cycle when we're praying for those that have had an experience we may know very little about. And so we have women like Josephine to remind us that we continue to pray for others because they need our prayers. And like that woman in the gospel, uh, we may be annoyed with the same tales of woe coming from someone. Um, But we're to learn from that parable, from that story that Jesus taught us, that we would be so bothered by the continual cry of those who have difficult lives and have been abused, that we would never cease to pray for them, that we would never cease to act on their behalf to seek an end for the injustice that plagues us all. So tonight, I invite you to consider 
letting Josephine's prayer become your prayer, become our prayer. That her life, a traumatic life that led her to become a kind and wise person would serve as an inspiration for us to continue to work to free the young girls, women, and men from oppression and violence and to return them to their dignity and the full exercise of their rights. Josephine models for us what theologian Willie Jennings calls joy as an act of resistance and despair. That she named that she felt joy in her heart and though she could not express it, she would kiss the altar font, kiss the baptismal font. Joy was an act of resistance against despair. And so her, we hear also from the epistle in Colossians today on the day we celebrate her life when Paul writes, I am now rejoicing in my suffering. She says that it brought her nearer to the God whom she came to love and knew loved her. And I'll just share a short anecdote, but one that is somewhat hard to tell because uh, it happened right here in Cleveland when I moved back. Not two summers ago, I was at Edgewater Park and there was a beaten up old white van that pulled up on the side of the road and a friend and I saw a man and a woman arguing in the park. And though this man was terrifying, I have really good friends <laughs> and she, she just felt compelled to go and approach and see what was happening. And she trembled and she went to the woman and asked if she was okay. And as she did, the man pulled out a gun and he threatened this woman to get into the van. And so I was at a distance and my friend slowly walked away and called the police. And thankfully there was a marked car, an unmarked car in the area and it was nearby. And so we actually watched this vehicle chase down um, this couple these two people. So this, re this is a reality. This is a reality even in our present day. But Josephine reminds us that God is with all who suffer and that God has brought us near to keep our eyes open and to speak and to act in God's name with all those who strive against evil and injustice in the world. So may we find the courage and the joy within, as Josephine did, to uphold our baptismal call, to stand at the font with joy in our own hearts and do all that we can, as my friend did, to uphold the dignity of every human being through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Please stand as you are able. This evening we intercede on behalf of the oppressed. Let us pray. Look with pity, O Heavenly Father, upon the people in this land who live with injustice, terror, disease, and death as their constant companions. Have mercy upon us. Help us to eliminate our cruelty to these, our neighbors. Strengthen those who spend their lives establishing equal protection of the law and equal opportunities for all. And grant that every one of us may enjoy a fair portion of the riches of this land. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to join me in praying prayer number two on page three of your bulletin, the night prayer from the New Zealand prayer book. Be present, Spirit of God, within us, your dwelling place and home, that this house may be one where all darkness is penetrated by your light, all troubles calmed by your peace, all evil redeemed by your love, all pain transformed in your suffering, and all dying glorified in your risen life. Amen. May God bless you and keep you. May the light of the Holy Spirit shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of Christ turn towards you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.